This is Ilaria Urbanati, and this is what I wore when I went to one of my first big styling gigs. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samitin. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. The idea of a celebrity stylist has always made me laugh a little. So you're famous and you pay someone to pick out your clothes. I've also found the idea of a stylist kind of confusing. But after my conversation with Alaria Urbanati, I understand exactly why a stylist is so important to everyone in Hollywood, and it is fascinating. When it comes to public perception of a celebrity, clothes matter almost as much as talent. Alaria is a little different. Her clients are all men, and she's become known as the go-to stylist for The Rock, Donald Glover, Rami Malek, Joel Kinnaman, Army Hammer, Bradley Cooper, Chris Evans, Milo Ventimiglia, Tom Hiddleston, the Affleck brothers, and many, many more. During our chat, Alaria, who is nine months pregnant with twins people, talked about the differences between dressing men and women in Hollywood, why we're all so obsessed with airport style, and how she's in a supportive group text with other celebrity stylists, which I found really endearing. After we wrapped, Alaria hung out and chatted for a long time, also really endearing. Since our conversation, she welcomed her twins. So congrats, Alaria. You're awesome. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So I'm going to start by asking you what I ask everybody, which is, what are you wearing right now? Oh, God. Whatever I can fit in. <laughs> Describe. Um, it's a Zara dress. I bought, I just, you know, in case people don't know, I'm about to have twins literally any day now. So I am limited what I can fit in. So I just ordered this dress. It's black, long sleeve, white flowers. Black, long sleeve, just got white little florals on it. And I'm hoping to still wear it after the babies, you know. It's cute. I have my patent loafers because they're the only shoes that fit me right now. Are your feet super swollen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Last time I had a baby, my feet took like six months to go back to normal. Really? Yes. Did you have to buy all new shoes? Yes. (laughs) And then I had to get rid of them. It's so no, annoying. Yeah, it's really annoying. I was like emailing like brands at like four in the morning being like, do you think they'd send me these shoes? The name of the podcast is What I Wore When. And you're going to talk about what you wore when you got your first big styling job. <laughs> yes. The disastrous job. So what year was this? Approximately. Probably like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I, I have no idea. And uh, maybe 2005. Well, um, the backstory of it is that I was a, I'm a 90s kid and I'm like huge, I was a huge Brandon Fraser fan when I was little because I loved that movie School Ties. Me too. Oh my God. Best movie. I mean, I was like obsessed with him. I had like a black and white headshot of his like framed on my desk. <laughs> and oddly enough, that's uh, one of the first, it was the first big press tour I got. I had done a lot of jobs, but... Not like big press tours, big clients, like what I do now, which is basically all I do is big press tours. I don't do a lot of, um, I don't do that much editorial and stuff. It's mostly red carpet, like promoting for a movie, things like that. I didn't know what I was doing really. It was very green. And it was, the, the fitting was in New York and it was like one of the hottest summers on record. So my assistant and I show up wearing like cut off jean shorts and tank tops and like, you know, who knows, flip-flops or something like that. Just such a disaster. And we did the fitting. And afterwards, 
my agent called me and was like, basically they had gotten a call from his publicist being really <laughs> mad that we were so unprofessionally dressed. Wow. And, um, which is funny because now I literally go to fittings in like my pajamas and nobody cares. But, you know, at the time you're still like kind of proving yourself and establishing yourself. But it was a big lesson for me. It really taught me like you have to dress the part and it's a big part of the job. And Were you upset? No, I don't. Well, no, I don't. I wasn't upset. I was just embarrassed, you know, and um, it takes a lot to get me upset, but I was embarrassed. And then we had to do a second fitting in L.A. And it was at the Four Seasons. <laughs> we walked in literally wearing like the full fashion uniform, like head to toe black, like really made <laughs> yep. up for it, like black heels, black leather pants. Like, like we're not fucking around. Blazers. It was like, <laughs> it was actually pretty hilarious. We walked in there like we were, you know, the Matrix <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. It was pretty funny. Were you, before you got the skating email, were you <laughs> nervous that day? Just knowing that this was sort of like a big thing for you? Yeah, it, it's funny. I, you know, I still to this day, I've been doing this for so long and I trust so many people and I still get nervous. And I always, somebody once told me that nerves are a sign that you still like care. And I, I always look at it that way. So when I get nerves, they don't frazzle me. I like the nerves. It makes me feel like, oh, I still like, care about my job and I'm still invested and That's a I good, haven't like, burnt out, you know? It's a good way to think yeah, about things. It's a nice way to look at it. Because I feel like I get nervous so much and I don't know what to do with it. And then I panic and spiral. But if you try to... Instead, accept it as like, a positive thing. Like, right. I think it's good. I think the day you're not nervous, like when you start you showing care. up to fittings in pajamas... <laughs> Well, look, my clients, they see me all the time. I'll just show up and it's fine, whatever. They don't care. But if it's a first time client, you know, someone I haven't worked with before or something, I try and... So I know that most people, especially people that will be listening to this podcast, know what a fashion stylist is. But like for those that don't, why don't you describe your job in like three sentences? Um, I dress celebrities for the red carpet or any kind of promotion for a film or project so it could be a premiere, a talk show, a junket day. Do you provide services for one-off events or do they have to hire you? They hire me for the whole press tour, basically. But my clients, like usually you have a stylist, that's your stylist, and you do every press tour with them. It's not like they jump around so much. And I dress men mostly. I was going to say, you're And men unique. are very loyal. So I've had the same guys I've worked with for 10 years or things like that, you know. Yeah, you're unique in that. You dress mostly men. Yes. I feel... I used to dress both. Mm-hmm. And then I really kind of transitioned over because I just got to a point where I had so many great clients and men and they were just like taking up so much time. And I mean, I think the average stylist maybe has like 20 clients. I have like over 45 clients. So the volume got to be too much and I felt like it made more sense to just cut off the girls and be like, okay, we're not dressing girls anymore, as opposed to offending people and being like, you, I'm not going to work with anymore. You, you know what I mean? It was just a better, easier, cleaner way to do it. And to, you know, for me, I feel like it's important to have a niche. And I like to think of myself as one of the go-tos for menswear. And So you've styled pretty much, I mean, every famous man. Do you want to, can you name a couple of your clients? Sure. Um, I work with The Rock. I work with Ryan Reynolds. Rami Malek. Um, I work with uh, uh, Bradley Cooper is one of my oldest clients. Um, Army Hammer, Chris Evans, who is my, I think he's my earliest as far as like people I still work with. 
Like there was like when he was doing Nanny Diaries. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else. I mean, there's so many. I, can't, I like always blank. Do you still work with Donald Glover? Oh, yes. Thank you. Donald Glover. I always blank I whenever him. people ask me my list of clients. I blank. I actually have to keep a list in my phone. I'm sure. Of the clients because I forget. Then I have like Joel Edgerton, Joel Kinnaman. Oh, I love him. I have. Which one? Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> They're both I have great. such a crush on him. And then, oh, Casey and Ben Affleck, who I love. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, he keeps going on who and on. Who out of those, like, who is the most? Who Are you going to ask most? me who my favorite is? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to ask who the most surprising is. Because I do think when you think of men, you don't always think of them as being super interested in fashion. Who's the most surprising in terms of how involved they are? Um, like, I'm sure some, you show up, you hand them an outfit, they put it on. But I'm sure yeah, others... they're all pretty involved. They like, are? It's the game has changed so much, and I think it's become like very acceptable for men to be interested in fashion. And I think also they're so competitive. And if they see my other clients like wearing crazy stuff, then they're kind of like, wait, I want to step it up and wear more fun stuff. It's actually kind of a funny thing. Um, You definitely get the guys who just don't care, you know. But for the most part, all my guys care. You have somebody like Rami who's really invested in what he wears. I mean, he loves it. And, you know, he's done the Dior campaign. Now he's, at the, you know, YSL campaign. And mm. he's really into it. And we, like, have really fun conversations where we really sort of get inspired and talk about the looks. And I feel like he stuff. has, like, a fashion vibe. Just He does. Whole, like... and, and he appreciates it in, like, the right way. Like, he understands the way it works. Like, if I'm like, hey, you know, you can't wear this, like, Prada shirt with these Dior pants. Like, the brands don't like that. He's not like, what do you mean? He gets it. And he's like, knows, he's gone to a lot of the fashion shows. So he knows the designers and the creative directors. He's got relationships with them. So he understands it on a level that's special, you know? And then Army Hammer, too. I mean, Army's a funny one because he's sort of like such a dude and is always trying to like run out of the fitting. He's like, please make it stop. It's torture. But then he's also, again, goes to the shows and has relationships with the brand and, it's changed a lot. Like everybody, like even Joel Edgerton now, he's like friends with Virgil from Louis Vuitton and mm-hmm. he's been wearing a lot of them. Like they have these relationships now and they understand the brands and they understand the game versus when I started, I was always me trying to convince these guys. Why do you think what changed? Do you think it's like Instagram's effect? I think... Kanye West's I felt effect? like it started around the time. So when I used to have a store called Confederacy. It was yes. a men's store. Right around that time is when I started to see a shift. It was around the time when Mad Men came out and that actually did have culturally kind of a big impact on men, like being like, oh, wait, it's cool to dress up. That's so interesting. And I started seeing more guys wearing like suits to dinner and things like that as opposed to just, especially for LA where guys are like in t-shirts and jeans all the time. Right. So I started seeing guys then. And then also I think, you know, yeah, there's more blogs now. There's more social media, all that stuff. But I also think... The way that the culture of men has changed in general. You know what I mean? Like it's more permissible for men to be more into what it would be considered like a more feminine thing. Which is... Like I have guys wearing okay. like pink, you know, Joel Kidman last night was wearing like a pink velvet suit to his premiere. And you've got these kind of like, you know, my friend Jean Yang styles Jason Momoa and he wore that. And he's such a dude, but he just wore, you know, pink to the Oscars last yes. year. And my client, uh, Dwayne Johnson... I'm going to not keep referring to him as The Rock. <laughs> it's weird. We actually call him DJ. Mm-hmm. So DJ, he, you know, is such a, 
again, he's like what somebody would consider very macho dude, but actually he's very, you know, he's very like lovely human and very... Um, he's dressing him hard because he's so big. Is well, it we have to do everything custom, but actually, yeah. oddly enough, he's one of the easiest because he really listens. He really trusts me. He's one of those people who's very into like hire the people you trust and get out of their way and let them do their job. Mm. And it's a great relationship in that way. And he gets into it and gets excited about it. And it's really, he's one of my favorites to dress for sure. He's been looking like a movie star. That was the idea. You know, I think when I just took him on only like a year and a half ago or two years. And I think just the difference in that time has been noticeable. Totally. And I feel like I see him. I don't necessarily like keep up with The Rock, but I see him like on talk shows and I see him like when I'm scrolling through Getty and I see him around and he looks like a star. Yeah, and he's bold, you know, too. Like he's willing to play the game and he's willing to get into it. Like even when I'm dressing him for the, you know, to go on the airport, to the airport or whatever, we always do good outfits for that. Like everything. I just want him to look good all the time. Like I never want to him, somebody to see a shot of him and he just looks like a slob Wait, or something. you pick out clothes for the airport? That's for awesome. a lot of my guys, yeah. Because they get photographed, right? They get photographed. airport style is such yes. a thing. It's so funny. I know. I kind of, and I live for airport. I love airport Oh my God. My it's favorite. like everybody's guiltiest pleasure yeah. in my industry. Anyway, yeah. we have on Glamour.com, we have like gallery after gallery of like, Kendall Jenner's best airport style yes, and consistently performs. Which is hilarious People because care. I do not myself dress well for the airplane at I all. I used to and now, no, no. I've given it up. Sweatpants. Yes, sweatpants for sure. I used to be like, oh, I'm traveling. But I've seen, when I used to dress girls, I would see that girls that would wear something comfy and then they would change to come off the plane because they would get photographed. Girls, you know, what I don't miss about dressing girls is the the overthought that goes into it. What's nice about guys is they, they get into it, but they don't like really overthink it. No offense to girls, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's still culturally. But there is just, with actresses, just like a definitely like an overthinking when it comes to it. And it's supposed to be fun. Like it's supposed to be clothes. It's supposed to, we're not like, you know, solving any kind of diseases, like, you know, not curing anything. So, you know. Do you feel like there's less pressure on men? Because I know that with famous women, we still, even though, Absolutely. you know, like the fashion police is, that stuff is kind of That's wound down. And that is where still. that comes from. They, you know, and it's hard to be detached, I'm sure, when you have the critical eye of the world on you, you know? I feel like for a female client, their worst nightmare is showing up I on think, a worst dress list. I think that though, do they even have worst dress lists no, anymore? No, I, I think mean, that they don't. I do remember doing an interview a couple of years back where I was like, how are we still doing worse stress lists and picking women apart? No, like, I don't how think is that, that okay in the age of Me Too and equality and all this thing, like and no bullying and all this stuff. How are we still putting women on worse stress lists? And now just in the last year or two, I feel like I feel like it's stopped. I do think it's stopped. I don't see them around yeah. in publications that are respectable, but I still see ways of like well, you definitely get like the, the hits ins- and misses, and then like it right. won't be the worst. Like dressed. passive ways to It'll do it. It'll be really passive. And oh, in like, the comments. In the comments. Sometimes if I'm which, really bored, whatever. I'll go on like Instagram and read the comments on like you know big publications and just watch people go at each other's throats. It's pretty fascinating. So ridiculous. Yeah. So how did you get into to styling or or fashion? So my family works in fashion. My um, aunt is a clothing designer. Her name is Laura Urbanati. And she had a store in the 90s on Sunset Plaza. 
back when Sunset Plaza was like the place the to thing. shop. And um, she was one of the first to bring big um, certain like European brands to the U.S. Like Martin Margiela and Comme des Garçons. And um, at the time I was there as the buyer too, it was like the first time we had the Balenciaga, like the Nicolas Casquier collection. We were the first to have it. And oh my God, I remember those bags. So I started out working for her. First, she didn't want to hire me and I was 17 and, you know, we don't believe in nepotism in my family (laughs) at all. So she was like, no, I'm not hiring you. So I went and worked at Fred Siegel, or Ron Herman, I should say, which is another big boutique in the 90s. And I became the number one salesperson. So then she was like, okay, fine, you can work for me. So I went and worked (laughs) for her. Always got to prove yourself. And so I went and worked for her and then I became her buyer it was amazing because I was 18 years old and going to Fashion Week in Paris and sitting front row at Balenciaga and Margiela and Comme des Garçons and Amila Meister. And it was an amazing experience. And, um, you know, I always had this conflict because I really liked writing. And so I kind of would go back and forth like, am I going to get into fashion? Am I going to write? What am I going to do? And so I, I would like every two years I would quit and go right. And then I would go broke and then somebody would approach me and then I reel me back into the fashion industry. And so I ended up becoming a buyer for a store called Satine and then a store called Milk. And then finally I opened my own store called Confederacy. And while I was at Satine, I was approached by the actress Amia Kirshner, who was on the L Word, which is a big hit show on Showtime. Now they're about to do a big, they're about to do the, the remake. I'm not involved this time. <laughs> but she had approached me about coming on as a styling consultant and basically dress the leads of the show. And um, again, talk about being a weight over my head. I mean, I feel like I could do that job with my eyes closed now, but at the time I was so green and never wardrobed anything. And, had you the know, show already been on? The show had been on for one season. It was a big hit. But the girls were kind of all dressed the same. And because I was a writer, I came at it kind of from a storyteller per- perspective, which is good for wardrobe. I was kind of like, why are they all dressed the same? This girl should be wearing this and this girl works here. She should be like this and she should be overly trendy and she should be overly classy, you know, kind of came at it like that. And they had five outfit changes each per episode. So it was 50 outfits a week. And it would shoot in Vancouver and I, would, I lived in LA and I would fly back and forth every week. It was awful. <laughs> Actually, it's a nightmare job. Like I said, I could do it now with my eyes closed, but at the time it was, it was you know, styling boot camp. And so you styled, did you style the males on the show too? And I did. So I styled this guy, Eric Lively, who's actually Blake's a little factoid, Blake's brother, which is funny because I work with Brian now. And um, he ended up getting like best dressed man on television on like all these publications, like the TV guy. Remember when TV guy was like a a big magazine and all this stuff. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's interesting. That was that you're doing. It was definitely like a little bell in my head of like, oh, I know I I get menswear, you know, he was the only guy on TV wearing these brands, you know, like. And people noticed. And people noticed. And so then I came back to LA. I only did the one season because like I said, it was kind of hell. And then I started doing a lot of editorials. A friend of mine had a magazine called Mean, Mean Magazine. It was really cool, actually. It was kind of punk rock. And all these big actors would be on it, like Viggo Mortensen, Emil Hirsch, and I forget who else. But I would, they would hire me to dress all the guys for it. So I was doing like covers. Even though it was an indie magazine for me, it was a big deal. And I met a lot of my clients that way. And then, so it's just basically little leapfrogs, 
you know, and it all kind of happened with like just a lot of hard work. But I wasn't, I was never like, oh, I want to work in fashion. My family was in fashion. I was not interested in it. It was sort of like, felt like I was too intellectual for fashion, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I Do was you really, still feel like that? Um, no, I mean, no. <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know. You know, I just was very, you know, when you're like 20 years old and you think you're like Sylvia Plath and yes, all you want to yes, do is like I sit do, around and read yep. and write and chain smoke. You know what I mean? Yes. I was that girl. So for me, fashion was kind of vapid. Right. I had to find a way to make fashion work for me. And I do still approach it from a sort of storytelling point of view. You know, when I dress somebody like Donald Glover for the Star Wars press tour, which was one of my favorite press tours I've ever styled, we're coming at it from the viewpoint of like a little bit of a through line for the whole press store. And I remember him saying to me, you know, you kind of approach styling the way I approach like an album, you know, sort of from this sense of like, what's the theme and what's the story and like, what do we, you know? So I, that was like one of the nicest things that I've heard from. What client. was the theme for that press tour? Do you remember? You know, we were kind of doing this like sort of 70s swaggery kind of thing and you know, uh, I had been watching a lot of like early Scorsese films like Mean Streets and all this stuff. And I just rewatched like, um, what's the Travolta movie? Saturday, Saturday Night Fever. Fever which the styling in that is it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, I get a lot of inspiration for movies. I'm like a total movie head. And that was sort of the vibe. And you can really see it when you watch it. I mean, he was wearing like, you know, bell bottom pants. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Cannes and I did this whole, um, I had it in my head that I really wanted to do like a powder blue 70s prom tux. <laughs> and so I called Gucci and they made it for us. And amazing. it was amazing. And then I had it in my head for some reason that he should have a daisy on his lapel. And we wanted fresh ones. So I had to be in Cannes and we couldn't get one. They were out of season. So my poor assistant is calling like every forest in what, South of France. Did you track down a daisy? We did. We found one. Oh it was a little bit of like a version of a daisy, but it worked. It was perfect. And my, just because I get stuck on these things in my head and it has to match the story in my mind, you know? So, but it made the outfit. He had like the white shoes. So he needed the white daisy. And when I think of him, I think of that style. Yeah. I think of like the bell bottom, like, White tank. And it's important to like move on too. It's important, like, for me, one of the biggest things with styling is trying to always evolve my clients. Like, I don't want Donald to be like retro guy. guy, Right. You know, so I wanted to keep changing and I wanted to, and we did a different vibe for some of the stuff later on. Like, I did one of my favorite outfits I've ever styled was on him was this Alexander McQueen black pinstripe suit with this red Argyle sweater. And I had seen this photo of Kiss and they were all wearing these like old seven, uh, again, 70s pinstripe suits. And I just loved the look of it because it felt like punk versus Wall Street, you know? So we kind of did something like that. But I get inspired in these weird ways, you know? It's interesting that you say you want to evolve them because I sometimes feel like with style, it's the opposite. Maybe not with stylists, but... I feel like there's such a premium well, get on stuck like in owning your style and like this is you. Right. And like when you change it too much, you're considered trendy. Right. But I think that changing a lot is actually having fun with fashion, which is Absolutely. what it's for. Absolutely. I mean, for sure, like my guys do have their look. Like I think that Army Hammer, people associate him with a certain look. Yes. Rami, people associate him with a certain look, you know. So I do, I think it is nice to know kind of who you are and what that looks like in terms of your like clothes or your appearance. So there's nice to have some consistency in that way. 
but still being like evolving what fashion looks like and sort of what we're into and what we're excited about. And I kind of have like my few guys, I have a couple of guys I call my guinea pigs and I'll be like, I'm really into this right now. Let's try it. I know that those guys will let me play, you know? Do you consider yourself a shopper? I shop online a lot. It's you do? like sort of an addiction. It's kind of a problem. I don't know. At night, I just, I can't, a lot of times so like I shopping. can't sleep. I do. I sh- I, online shopping has changed it for me. When I, when I used to be more boutique shopping, I wasn't such a shopper. What stores do you find yourself either browsing or buying on the most? Spent a lot of time on Saks' website last night. <laughs> a lot of time, just because they have everything. They did have you get like anything? lower end brands. Yes, I, I did. I'm uh, well. I have. It's on the cart. <laughs> TBD. Mm-hmm. There's a pair of Chanel booties that I'm eyeing. I don't normally buy a lot of high end brands. Like I'm not one of those people who feels comfortable spending that kind of money. I don't know. It just always seems like there's other things I could be doing with that money. Plus, as stylists, we have the benefit of we get gifted a lot of stuff. Right. Like my, I have a jet closet full of Gucci bags and Louis Vuitton bags and Dior. Why do you so get like, gifted just as like a thank you for... As a thank you. Usually when you put somebody in... They, first of all, the brands do like holiday gifting. So all the stylists, I think, pretty much get like a bag or shoes or whatever. It's a promotional thing. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, stylists have become sort of influential in the, the term of in the terms of fashion, obviously, and... They recognize that. So we get gifted a lot. We get a lot of gifts and we get a lot of flowers. (laughs) And those are some of the perks. So I don't feel like I want to go spend my money on a lot of stuff, but Chanel doesn't gift me stuff. So (laughs) I guess they're really a woman's brand. They don't care about me at all. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll get some Chanel booties. I have to get size up in shoes. So I'm like, I might as well buy some. I'll have forever. And then I was looking at an Alessandra Rich dress. And what else was I looking at? But I really like certain brands like ALC, um, just stuff that's very wearable. Mm-hmm. I'm not an impractical dresser. And I do like myself a lower priced brand. Like, <laughs> like I love like, um, what's that brand? Like For Love and Lemons. Mm-hmm. And I love Flint Sky. And I love just stuff I can buy, not overthink it and just live in it and then move on to the next thing, you know. Is comfort important to you with clothes? Comfort is important to me. Like I won't wear heels. Ever? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a booty that has a heel, like a stat, like a thick heel. I just am kind of, there's a little bit of me that's a tomboy and I just won't, I can't do the, sh- the heels. Can't do it. So, but I don't wear pants. I do like a sexy dress. You know, I went through a big phase when I... I had my first child and I was still losing weight where I hid a lot. And then when I finally decided to, when I got into martial arts, it changed my body. And then I felt like I wanted to show it off. So I started buying a lot of little Wait, dresses. Wait, you're into martial arts? I'm being into martial That's arts. That's cool. My uh, baby daddy, my boyfriend, Johnny Hunt, he is um, a Muay Thai trainer and he oh, was number wow. six in the world for Muay Thai. Stop. So. He got me really into Muay Thai. I mean, that's intense, Muay Thai. It's amazing and boxing and stuff. I love it. So I get really into it. I watch the fights when I can. That's I follow so cool. all these like you... random Muay Thai accounts on Instagram and stuff. What do you feel like it's done for your body? Well, well, for, first of all, I completely changed. I mean, I lost 50 pounds after the baby 
because of Muay Thai completely changed my body. I was like shredded before I got pregnant again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just no, go back know, to the- yeah, now I know how to do it and stuff, but it also changed things for me just mentally. It made me feel more confident, stronger, um, changed the way I walk, the way I stand. <laughs> it made me also like less afraid in a way. Like I kind of felt like if I was a situation where if I had to defend myself, I could. Which I know is hopefully not a situation I'm going to have to be in anytime soon, but still nice. But I remember when I first started, I was sitting at a restaurant and this waiter came up behind me to like put a dish and he kind of like went around me and he startled me. <laughs> and my like first instinct was to go like elbow him. Oh my God. Which is <laughs> sort of horrible, but also <laughs> kind of amazing. I mean. So yeah. But I love martial arts. It changed my life. And um, I actually did a collaboration with a brand of um, a brand called Roots of Fight where we did a whole Muay Thai line. Oh, that's cool. And actually all my clients were kind of photographed wearing it and Are they stuff, like, which was nice. Did you have like the, like I think of those like- The shorts? High-waisted, like we elastic-y shorts. No, I mean, we wanted to still be like street wear, you know, like, so we did a bomber jacket that looks a little bit like the jacket that Ryan Gosling wears in Drive. Okay. Just because Thailand, the color yellow is considered like regal. Cool. So we did this kind of bright jacket and then we did sweatpants, t-shirt, hoodie, you know, your basic stuff. That's cool. And it's amazing. Every, the, the Rock told me it was one of his favorite pairs of sweatpants. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's saying a lot. Thanks. You know, but so, but my clients are always good like that. They're very um, supportive. So I've done a lot of collaborations. I did an Eddie Bauer collaboration a few years back and um, I still see all my clients wearing that stuff all the time. It's really cute. It's so nice. Yeah, so nice. When you first started making money, like when you were like, oh, you know, the styling thing is working out. Like I consider myself successful. Was there something that you bought yourself? I used to call it like a fuck it purchase. But like, were you like, I'm buying those shoes or I'm buying that bag or like. I bought my house. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm a little bit practical in that when it comes to money. I know it sounds high and mighty, but I also always have this thing of like, I, oh God, I don't know how to say this without sounding obnoxious. I like to do a lot of charity stuff and uh-huh. it's hard for me to think of like how many mouths you can feed with the price of a designer bag. Yep. And even though I end up not spending it necessarily that way, I end up buying it for something more like for my house or something like that. I, I have a hard time justifying it in my mind. I don't know. There's just better ways to spend the money, I feel like, you know, but also, I mean, dependent to each their own. And again, I have like... 300 bags, designer purses in my closet. So I'm like, do I really need to go buy myself another bag? There's so many things I could do. And I'm really into interior decorating. So I like to put money into my house. I was going to say, what what other things do you like to spend money on besides fashion? My house, for sure. I like to decorate it. I mean, I'm like a psychopath. I like follow all the decor accounts. I'm really into, I, I spend more money online shopping for house stuff than I do for clothes. Your house must be really nice. I, you know, I hope so. And I, I think it's the kind of house where when my friends come over, they want to hang out for hours yeah. and hours and hours. I think it's like, that was my intention. So I'm meant to be like a cold house. It's meant to be a very cozy house. I spent a lot of money feeling like trying to make the house cozier. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, yeah. And then during the holidays, I go psychotic and buy like 300 pumpkins and at Christmas time, really? it looks like a Pottery Barn catalog in my house. I love you know, that. I get into all that stuff, so I guess that's where my money and that's goes. That's super cozy. I love a house that, 
like a home that celebrates yes, the holiday. I it's lo- just oh, nice I mean, so special. I'm like a holiday psychopath. Really? So, yeah, it's it's extreme. Do you wear like Christmas sweaters around the <laughs> I fire? I literally <laughs> just ordered from Pottery Bar all matching Christmas PJs for me and Johnny and my daughter and the twins oh and my, my sister and her husband and her kid. It's so cute. Yeah, it's That's hilarious. So nice. They're all matching. It's super embarrassing, but I'm definitely going to force everybody to take a really embarrassing photo. So I get into all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I also like a good car. So I, I, um, I have a relationship with Porsche, Porsche. Yeah, I know. I tried to be like, nobody wants to call it that. It's obnoxious. And they were like, but that's the family's but name. That's the name. You can't right? just change their name because <laughs> you it think it's obnoxious. obnoxious. Yeah. So, um, but I did a thing. I went to Germany with them and I filmed some um, stuff on interior design of cars. Cool. And um, I've been to the track. Like they do like racing lessons, you know, they take you around the track and stuff. So needless to say, I drive a Porsche. That's awesome. Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, you know, there's just places that rather spend my money than clothes sometimes, you know. But I buy a lot of clothes, just not super expensive ones. Do you ever look at the men in your life, like your boyfriend or family members? And size them up for like, do you style them? Like, oh yeah, do you... my boyfriend has been fully made over. Really, <laughs> in the style department, every even his hair, everything head to toe. I can't help it. I mean, what was his style before? He just, you know, he's a he's from Boston. He's just like a dude, you know, and he always had good taste. And what's nice about him is that I feel like I can wear fashionable things, and he gets it. You know how you kind of have to like sometimes like you feel like you have to dumb your style down for dudes because they don't um, get it. Yes. He's not one of those guys. Like he likes it when I'm, I don't have to dress like slutty or something. I right. feel like I can dress chic and he like thinks it's beautiful, you know? Yeah, that's the best. Which is nice. And um, and not necessarily something you would expect from like a pro boxer. You know what I no. Mean? But he understands and he's got good taste. So he always had good taste. It was just a matter of refining that. And um, yeah, everything that he owns in his closet is pretty much stuff I gave him. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's so true, though. You just sparked something how women often do tend to like dumb down their style for men or if they know they're going to be around a lot of men. And I sometimes feel like I always say like the day I dress for a man is like the day I die. Like I I. I do think women dress for women more than they dress for men. But I do find myself sometimes, if I know it's like a male-heavy event, I do find myself like a little subconsciously like... Dressing sexier. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Or like, if not sexier, like things that... Will trans maybe will translate, translate better. Like to maybe men. you're not. Maybe Sometimes. that's not the night you wear like socks with heels. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Although I did start. I've always been really into shoulder pads and a strong shoulder. Yeah. Always. Like since I was in my twenties, and I remember. I remember going out with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, it's probably 2008, mm-hmm. and a bunch of his friends. And I was wearing a silk blouse that I got at a thrift store. Did you get it? With shoulder pads. My husband, my boyfriend was like, whatever, I didn't care. Yeah. But I just remember a particular few of his friends being like, oh my God, shoulder pads. 
pads, like squeezing the shoulder pads, oh, like gosh. making fun of it. And wow. I was like, dude, like what? Like, sorry, I'm not wearing a tube top. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. this looks cool tucked into my jeans, but everybody was dying. And I was like, <laughs> and they're all men. And I was like, fuck this. There are some things like to, like my boyfriend will be like, what's with all the high-waisted pants? Like I wear a lot. I won't wear a low-waisted pant. I have hips and like I have a kind of wide hips and a small waist, so I'd rather go high. Yeah. And... There was a time when he was like, what, this, was, is this necessary? And I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you want me to wear, Frankie B's or whatever? <laughs> Remember those? Yes. Oh my, I hate low-waisted low pants. Low-rise, Low-rise no. is the worst. They try to bring that back. I, I feel was, like, yes, they've tried to have no, a comeback. I, I'm staging a intervention there. No way. I was talking on with a different guest on the podcast about low-rise, like in the early 2000s and how- it's so awful. Showing that sliver of stomach was such a status symbol in like 2002 because like everybody was kind of cut and tan. Right, yeah. You showed that strip and like, I never no, had but that then when I remember being at the airport and this guy being like, um, miss, your like crack is showing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can see your underwear or whatever he like, said. that's the style. My I just, thong's But I hated always having to be self-conscious of that. So the high waist that I love and more comfortable in it and then... You can do like cute little crop sweater and that's a good look. You know what I mean? So I I was literally last night putting away, I was like making a bin of like clothes I'll fit into down the line. It's like putting away all my crop tops, <laughs> all my crop sweaters. It's so sad. No, I'll get there. But you know what I mean? I had a baby nine months ago and... Congratulations, oh, by the way. thanks. My style definitely changed, not in a way though that I really wanted it to. I've never been a dress girl. I've always preferred pants and dresses are easier. I've, yeah. I've been I don't think I put on pants up until recently, up until the weather turned, but all summer I was in big sack dresses because you don't have to yeah, think that's about all you can it. Wear when you're pregnant and my pants sack dresses. Fit, and my pants they'll zip up now, that's but they don't my, fit the same. And, and my joke all summer is like I miss pants. I keep my friend just had her baby and she was wearing pants and I was like you're wearing pants I miss jeans I, I miss, miss jeans pants. I just ugh. that's the one thing that jeans yeah they don't fit the same they will you get there like they'll zip but they yeah. don't look like they used to look I hate to ever make a thing about like I don't think that fashion and like weight have to you know like I don't have to be I don't have to be skinny to no like, no but for me I like the freedom of like when I'm in shape I can wear anything I want and I like the the no limits of it you know yeah I do feel like when I'm feeling it's also about like best. how good you're feeling right too, you know but it is true like I've gone through with weight like so many ups and downs over my yeah. life and I find that when I'm at a place where I'm comfortable and I feel like fit you just, I go into a dressing room and, and I'm you like, get this into is a it. joy. Yeah, it's like a joy. Everything yeah. looks good. And then yeah. other times I'm like, nothing looks good. Look, when I had my first daughter, I didn't start training for like a year after. And it was not fun. Like I did not enjoy clothes as much. It's just how it is, you know? And I, I that was the thing about when I was dressing women or actresses is that you have these beautiful women with these beautiful bodies, but they're not necessarily like a size zero. Mm-hmm. And I would get really upset with just the industry, this thought of like they hire these models for the runway who have, you know, they're underage, so they haven't like morphed into their bodies yet. And so you get these samples and you have these beautiful girls who feel like, shitty because they can't fit into these clothes and I'm like it's not you it's the industry like you know it comes from the fact that they can only use that sample for actresses and the reason being that we're still living in a world where two women can't be seen wearing the same thing so like if I'm dressing a guy like let's say Ben Affleck who's a 
you know, got a big suit size because he's a big dude. He's fucking, he's six foot four or whatever. I can just go into a store and they'll let me pick the size I want. And that's what he wears because they're not worried about it. But if it's a woman, they're like, well, somebody else might have bought it. And then they'll both be wearing the same thing. And then they'll both be photographed together. And then it will be like a who wore it better. And it's like that has to change. And then the girls won't have to be like squeezing into these tiny samples. That's A. B, they should stop using underage models on the runway because none of those people are buying their clothes. Like nobody at 22 years old is like, or even 18 or whatever. These girls are like 16. Like I think 16. they've changed yeah, the law now, right? I think they right? did, but... They have to be 18. But still, those girls are not the ones going and buying... Buying designer like clothes. Designer gown, you know? No. So how much did you love when Kate Blanchett showed up in, what was it, Cannes or Venice wearing the same gown she wore to the Globes? Loved like, there should be more of that. You should be able to wear a beautiful, expensive gown more than once. And that was a headline. Like, I remember seeing yeah. people writing it, like, these exclaim, like, exclaim, They were so excited, which is good. Yeah. better than if they had a bad reaction. But I'm like, this should be the norm, you know? I mean, granted, a lot of those clothes are just on loan, and then you don't get to keep them, so you right. don't get to rewear them. But this concept that you can't be photographed wearing the same thing twice, or you can't wearing the same thing as somebody else. It's so stupid. It's a really silly thing. So I feel like the female aspect of the industry has a long way to go still, but it's it's getting better. I mean, my literal next question for you is what pisses you off about fashion? And you just answered yeah. it without me even having and to ask. The, and, you know, with men, I don't feel like I have to deal with the politics of fashion as much. And I think that's also why I liked it because it's a little bit more about creativity and a little bit more about my taste like, I'm like, hey, this is what I think this guy should wear and I can get my hands on it. With women, I'd be like, this is what I think she should wear, but you couldn't necessarily get your hands on it. Like, because it's one sample is being shared with all the magazines, as you guys know, it's being shared with Vogue and Glamour and all the people. And then it's being shared with sales. So like, you know, they're trying to sell it to Barneys and Saks and then you're sharing it with all the stylists. And so it be, just became like a game of chase the dress instead of like, what you think your vision is for that person. And I think with menswear, what I like about it is that it is more about like what you think the guy should wear. You can actually put that on him. And maybe not with you because, you know, you do exclusively style men, but do you feel like there's a competition among stylists in Hollywood? Actually, I think this generation of stylists, like we're all really close friends. That's nice. Yeah. And um, I know I've been quoted saying this before, but we have this like group thread that we're all on. It's like me and Sam McMillan and Carla Welch and Wendy and Nicole and Jean Yang and Tara Sweenan and we're all on this group thread together. And we'll, What do you talk about? We just text Close. each other. Sometimes it'll be invites. Sometimes it'll be like uh, the other day, I think Carla was texting us about some political rally. Probably. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. Carla the best. But And then there's that and then there's... We help each other out. That's I mean, really nice. We've, I've seen it where certain stylists were in a bind where... It's like the day the Oscars and dresses didn't make it and everybody stepped in and sent their like leftover dresses over and we're very supportive. I don't feel competitive with any of them really. And, you know, I think the generation before us was much more competitive, but I think that's also a sign of the times where we're in a generation where women support each other much more, you know. What are your thoughts on like the early days of celebrity styling, an era that I'm sort of fascinated with? <laughs> Like the early 2000s. I mean, Olsen twins, Lindsay Lohan, like when celebrity styling, when that was really well, a it's thing. It's funny because I was like, a buyer, I was working retail at the time. 
and I was working for Satine in my aunt's store and it was all those stylists that used to come in. It's a different generation. And I remember Janine Israel, I think is her name. She used to style Lindsay Lohan. And I remember her coming in and being like, hey, so I'm styling this new girl. We don't have a lot of budget. But also it's a different time. So is the thing that's a big shift is that back then, because it was before the world market crashed, the studios had a lot more money. So they would buy all the clothes. It wasn't so contingent on loaning. So I remember some Cameron Diaz's stylist coming in and she was hosting like the Teen Choice Awards and she had like 10 changes on stage and they bought all the clothes for it. Like now that would never happen. You would always borrow all those clothes. So again, you get to be more creative if you have a budget and you get to just go find the things that you need for that person. If you're trying to deal with borrowing... The stylist job becomes like being a publicist and trying to convince all these brands that like they should loan to that client instead of the other client. And Do you feel like it's necessary for a famous woman to have a stylist? I mean, look, you look at people like Blake Lively dresses herself and Timothy Chalamet and Ryan Gosling. Those are three of the best dressed people in Hollywood and they all dress themselves. I don't think it's necessary, but I do look at it as kind of... Like, do you really have the time for that? <laughs> I mean, you know, these guys, like I just did a bunch of fittings for press tours... And, um, you know, they'll have like 30 outfits per press tour and they're waking up in a different city every single day at like four in the morning to do press all day. And it's like, do you really want to have to like put that much effort into it? I mean, if nothing else, besides the creative collaboration of it, it's so nice to have somebody who takes care of it for you. I mean, it's like the ultimate luxury, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we do the fitting, then we tailor everything, then we like adjust everything. We do like usually second fitting, we check all the tailoring. And then we pack them off like they're going to summer camp. Like we label everything, Trunks, rubber band everything. Bags. Trunks, absolutely. Yeah. And we we do them by city. We, I'll put everything like in separate garment bags by city so that when you're in New York, you only have to pull out the New York bag. When you're in London, you only have to pull out the London bag. You know, like we make it so brainless. Like the joke I always make in front of my clients, I'm allowed to say this. I would say we make it, you know, actor proof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I think that that has value. Has anything ever gotten lost? Oh, yeah. They what, lose ha- stuff. Like what happens? Do you freak out? It's, How do you get it together? We don't lose stuff. The clients lose the stuff. clients? Yeah. Then again, they're busy. They're in a different city every day. They're tired and they'll leave stuff in hotels or sometimes it's usually like small items, like a watch, but that's always, of course, the most expensive right, item. Right, it's not. And so the small. item that is not getting gifted. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes brands are generous and they... You know, say, okay, no worries. And sometimes they have to charge them. And then like six months later, they'll be like, I found it. (laughs) I'm like, good, now you get to keep it. (laughs) You know, but yeah, stuff gets lost. and It's always a little bit panicky. It's not ideal. But for me, I'm like, as long as you don't lose something that you need next week to wear (laughs) with your outfit and you're in Germany and I'm in LA. But and then I have a couple of clients who have it in their contract that my assistant travels with them. And the thing is, I'm sure all the clients would like that, but the studios will only pay for that. Because, you know, you got to travel that person and pay for that person. It's only a few select people select get people to have that, that, luxury. that luxury. I mean, that's smart. But it's great for me because I can sleep at night. I know that if something happens, I'm not getting calls at four in the morning being like, I'm in Japan and the hotel... Messed up all the labels. That happens all the time. They'll like dry clean. They'll they'll skip the hotel to steam the clothes and they'll lose all the labels that I put on all the outfits. I'm just like, damn it. How many people do you We've learned our lessons. We keep lists on our end and everything now and everything's organized. I mean, I am 
so OCD. So the way we do things is pretty, at this point, with the experience we have, it's pretty, like, you know, error-proof. How many people do you have working for you? Five-ish. It changes four, four to six, depending on if it's award season, we have more. But I have a girl whose job, her entire job is just to take care of emails and like shipping and all that stuff. And that's the other way the industry's changed a lot. I used to really like hit the pavement to go pull for these clothes. And now they um, pretty much just send us photos of everything. And so everything's done through email, which is a bunch better. Are you thinking about award season right now? Yeah, because I do custom for pretty much all everything for award season. And so, you know, you need a couple months on that usually. So. Are you addressing anyone that has or is poised to have a big, um, big we, victory streak? I don't think this year. We had a really big year last year. Rami. Because Rami won. And um, Bradley. Bradley had Stars Born. And we had a bunch of people. I can't even remember them anymore. I have like mommy brain. But in the year before too... Like Tom Hiddleston won the Globe and Casey Affleck won. Right. We had like three years in a row where we've had like Hot all winners and stuff. This year, we have a lot of people who are coming back to present, things like that. People whose movies are in the running, but not necessarily anyone that I... I mean, I think the best actor winners are going to be... It's going to be like Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix and mm-hmm. I forget who else, but... They're not people I'm working with. So it's actually better. If I was going to have a mellow award season this year is the year to do it because my twins will be like a month old. Yeah, so I feel like that worked I'll out. I'll take it, yeah. Has motherhood changed your style at all? Like your personal style? Having one child did not change my style, but I think having three children is going <laughs> to... I was literally looking at like Chanel waist bags last night when I was on my sex rant or, you know, um, which is funny because I was just talking about not spending money on things, but... I was like, maybe I'll just treat myself and have like a fancy, a fancy waist thing. bag. And I was looking at Chanel waist bags, and I was just like, for utility, just for the purpose of utilities. Yeah, because I don't want to wear a fanny pack. But Chanel has these actually like cute They're purses. Cute, yeah. and so I was thinking, with three kids, being hands free is kind of like the goal. <laughs> How so, old's your daughter? She's four. And she's perfect. Oh my god, she's so into fashion. It's ridiculous. She gets it. She's into it. Like she is obsessed with clothes and uh, I'm like, you know, when she was born, I was like, she's going to be a tomboy like I was. And I was giving her all this stuff and, but can't fight it. She wants to wear pink and she wants to wear red and she wants to wear dresses and she wants to wear, she wants us to match. She has a lot of opinions on what I should wear. If I come out, we went to, my boyfriend, I went to the Stars Born premiere last season or last year, whatever, award season. My brain works in in seasons because of fashion, but um, I wore this like amazing Dolce dress they gave me. It was this pink floral thing. It was like pink with pink pink roses on it. And my daughter was just like... (gasps) (laughs) Like freaking out. She loves it. So it makes it worth it to dress up. Sometimes I'll buy us little matching outfits too. She's so heaven. She's the greatest kid on the planet. So... But yeah, but she's super into clothes and um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. She's like, mommy, like sometimes she'll be like watching Sunday morning cartoons and I'm being like neglectful mother and just online. (laughs) And she'll be like, mommy, why don't we look at stuff for me? So I'll be like, okay, we'll go on like, you know, Gap Kids or J. Crew Cuts or like um, sometimes, you know, Bon Let her pick a thing out. If I really want to spend money on my child, I go to Bon Point. That's my favorite. That's so nice. And they'll have like all these little like Peter Pan collared 
coats. Oh, so cute. So cute. She's like a, the female version of Little Lord Fauntleroy at all times. <laughs> she always looks very European. Do you think that there are any, I mean, it sounds sort of trite, but any lesson style lessons that you'll pass down to her? Maybe even like, you know, as she gets older and has to like sort of how how you were talking about your first job, like you showed up and you were embarrassed. Like, do you think you'll you'll think be able to? The main thing is, I I would never want her to think to take fashion too seriously. Like, I don't want that to be. I would never want my kid to be like a fashion obsessed victim like a fashion kind monster, of yeah. monster. You know, I have a very like healthy attitude towards fashion. Like. I'm very kind of take it or leave it, believe it or not. And I love the creative process of it, but I'm like, also have the attitude of like, it is just clothes. Like I said earlier, we're not curing any anybody's diseases and things. And so I want, I have a light approach to it and I would hope that she would have that as well. Um, but yeah, it's important to look professional and it's important to know that sometimes you have to look the part and, you know, <laughs> oh my God, the other day, she was watching Robin Hood, like the cartoon, the one with the fox. And there's like Lady Miriam, the fox princess lady. And she was like, mommy, do you work with her? Is that one of your clients? Did <gasps> oh you dress God, her? No. She goes, did you dress her for this? And I'm looking at her like, what? The cartoon? I was like, no, honey. Oh but God. so, you know, I like this. I hope that she has like the fantasy aspect of it, which is nice. But I don't, I hope that she doesn't have any of the like, I, don't, I just don't want it to be too important in that way, you know? Like, I don't know. For me, I have like a very objective sort of attitude about fashion where I don't think it's like the all end be all, but it is something that I love to do and that yeah, is creative and I genuinely but... love my job. And I love menswear. I love menswear like I don't think anybody loves menswear. So that never gets old to me. Like the reaction I have, the emotional reaction I have to menswear, I do not have to women's wear. But anyway, but I, but it's light. It's very like, fine, wear it if you're happy. Wear it if it makes you comfortable. Wear it if it makes you feel good. But I'm not like must have the latest blah. Like I'm just not that person that it's I would never fashion. want her to be. Yeah, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be fun. Yeah. I want to do a quick speed round. Okay. Let me catch so my breath. Catch your breath. Okay. <laughs> Three. Nine months pregnant, just saying, okay? Girl, I feel you. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, what's the last thing that you bought? Anything. Like, what's the last thing you swiped your credit card Zara on? Zara dress I'm wearing right really? now. Yeah. What was your first concert? Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yes. And I fell asleep standing up. What? I was Where? tired. Were you I little? was little. I didn't get it. Actually, I did go to a Rolling Stone concert in Paris when I was really little. And I really didn't get it. <laughs> I mean, those are good ones. I know. What would be kind your last... wasted on me, unfortunately. What would be your last meal on earth? I would say... Oh, man, that's a tough one. I love food. Prosciutto, mozzarella, <laughs> pasta. Like an Italian meal for sure. How do you fall asleep at night? Um, normally, what do you mean? Uh, I like to fall asleep watched with t- the TV yeah, on. Yeah, like that's what I mean. I'm a psychopath. What do you watch? Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I'm a big Gilmore Girls nerd. I've watched like all, all the whole season, like four times, mm-hmm. all seven seasons. And it's just my comfort food. It's like my mac and cheese. I put it on. I fall asleep. I just like love their voices. I'm like, yes. It's That's like, like me and Beverly Hills 902 on it. Is it? Yeah. That's I watch funny. it to fall asleep every night. 
I get I've seen that. every it's season. It's comfort. It's like I have to put one on. Guilty pleasure. Which is funny because I style Milo and Tamelia and he knows I'm like a huge Gilmore Girls nerd and oh. I have no shame. No shame in that game. <laughs> he's been looking good. Thanks. He's he's he looks good. It's cute. You know, he's always wearing good clothes. He's got good taste. In what era do you identify most with fashion-wise yourself? Nineties for sure. Always. I am a nineties girl through and through. I was like trying to squeeze my feet into my like big combat boots today to wear with my floral dress and it was not happening, but I tried. Soon enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, Alaria. This Thank has been you. awesome. What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Ali Perry, and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when.